0: The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Haleen. Do you have a
1: desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime. Where sexual assault is so common, you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, bulimia, obesity, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please ask your therapist, because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Halene, and we are on with my co-host, I'd say the baddest bear in the cage, but, I mean, let's face it, your coach, Fernando Gonzalez, the Menifee maniac, is on today. You're not even, like, in the last two weeks, you're not even, the like, the baddest fighter on the show. We had Roxy on last week, got Fernando on this week, so I guess that puts you as the fuzziest bear in the cage.
2: Yeah, well, com- cons- what is it? Compared to the last two weeks, we have Matafari, now we have Gonzalez on. I... I went from second to third place, but the problem <laughs> is there's only three competitors at the table.
1: So uh, if with out of the three of you, that still makes you fifth.
2: Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough then.
1: Okay. Well, there's a lot going on in the news today. Um, it looks like we are having some problems with Ukraine.
2: Yeah. If we get, if we're getting current. Going to war seems to be inevitable now.
1: I know. like Putin is just mm. dead set on putting the USSR back together. I find this whole thing terrible, Um, but frankly, I'm Australian, so my whole attitude is, all right, well.
2: Well, there's, you know, what is it, considering Australians? There's quite a bit of push to allow it to happen, both from inside the Ukrainian country by half its own people, maybe not exactly half. And a large portion of people outside the country.
1: It's, the large portion of the people outside the country are people that don't want to get involved. And there's a large push for isol- isolationism here in the United States, which I found found really, really weird. Because I've never found America a very isolationist like, country. It's an so old, that kind of weirds me out.
2: It's an old George Washington philosophy, isolationism. He actually stated that we should not get involved in any foreign affairs and should be uh, remain as our own... I don't know if necessarily independent's the right word because we're already independent at that stage. But
1: you guys owe everyone money. You are not independent.
2: <laughs> but the point is not getting involved in other people's problems. Okay. Ever.
1: Well, let's not listen to George Washington. We like, have. He's the We've descendant. He's the wars? descendant of Puritans. <laughs> it's not like you guys had the best and brightest to start your bunch here. <laughs> then again, my ancestors were convicts, so like people in glass houses, I guess.
2: Well, as convicts, <laughs> you guys had to you guys were probably better adapt to learning in a new environment, right? You had to struggle and survive. Sure. <laughs> Does
1: that make No. No, no, no. There's an old story. When everyone went to Australia, they're on these ships, they're on these prison ships, it's horrific conditions. People are bleeding, they're chained below decks, it's horrifying. They got bugs eating you, you're starving. They pull up <clears throat> into Australia, right? Yes. And they get there and they land in Botany Bay and they have a look out, and all they see is white beaches, tall trees blue gums and that's where our expression no worries comes from see those convicts landed they looked around they went okay no worries <laughs> there's
2: it's no beautiful. problem here yeah except for the thousands of things on the island that want to kill you
1: okay now you're just nitpicking, and now,
2: I'm just nitpicking.
1: <laughs> now you're just nitpicking didn't
2: the kangaroo also take out your water supply okay from, that like, was
1: one city one like, time it was sydney it was one city one time <laughs> like recently you know it was one city one time all right you you are sleeping on the couch
2: yeah i'm okay. here
1: so guys, we are pre-recording this show. I have to let you know that. So if anything happens with the Ukraine between today, which is Thursday, and tomorrow, which is Friday, it won't be in this show, but uh, we will still give you reactions. We will gasp and tell you what we think. You know where to find us on our social media. I'm Summer Helene, you know, at Bear Fjorda. But more than that, I'm very, very excited. We have on with us a very special guest, the guy that routinely beats the ever loving shit out of Bear. I'd like to remind everyone every time we use bad language on this show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care.
2: Fuck yeah, we do.
1: Um, we have Bear's coach and the guy that routinely drops him on his head. I know if you follow Bear on social media, you've seen this happen. The one, the only. Menifee Maniac Fernando Gonzalez. Fernando, welcome to the show.
3: Uh thank you guys for having me. It's, uh <laughs> I love going uh, hearing you guys going back and forth is it's, it's funny. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think the problem is once you start like dating uh, your your co-host, when when you're like cross with them, it bleeds into the show. So you can tell when we're happy with each other, we laugh a lot, and then when we're cranky, we like bicker on the show. But we can't get
2: fired for uh, relations within the workplace because we started out with one
3: before we joined no,
1: together. No, we we no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like I can still get in trouble for that.
3: Okay, well, I can't. That You're sleeping boring. on the couch, dude. You're sleeping
2: on the couch? No.
1: See, that's what that's you can. The trouble.
2: problem. The problem is it's leather couches. I've actually gone through this. We have leather couches. I'm not allowed to sleep on them. We got a cot. So when I'm in the dark house, I sleep on a cot. Oh, no. That's, that's um, not good. No. Either is way, that I why you have a bad back? Is that why I have a bad back? <laughs> it could be. I don't know.
1: So guys, for anyone that doesn't know, Fernando is an MMA fighter. He competes in a welterweight division. He's fought with Bellator. He's competed for World Extreme Cage Fighting, King of the Cage. He's a successful competitor in Muay Thai. He's a okay. I'm I cannot. I don't understand any of this. There's a lot of words that says he's a champion in a lot of areas. That's what I'm going with.
2: And now fighting is a headlining fight for the Tough Enough label. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. He's fighting for Tough Enough. And he's going to win. He's up against Ma- the the guy named Coconut Bombs.
2: Coconut Bombs yeah. is a that, spider name. That's
1: his fighter name.
2: That's an interesting fighter name. I don't know. I wonder the
3: story behind that Coconut Bombs. He's Hawaiian. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh that's, okay. That's, that's, just, that's just the,
1: that's just the thing.
3: <laughs> Maki Potolo, yeah. He's, he's Hawaiian.
1: <laughs> Here's my question. They got so, a lot of
3: coconuts over there. They got a lot
1: of coconuts. <laughs> yeah, I like coconuts, so that's fair. Now I gotta say, we're supposed to be impartial because I know Bear's gonna be streaming some of this and doing some of that from the fight, and he's totally gonna be impartial. And the fact that you guys are friends will have no bearing, of course, on on, on the way he he deals with any of this. No, not, to, uh, not to mention, I think
2: I'll also be in the back uh, <laughs> going around talking. Yeah, you will. You'll be behind the scenes talking about this fight. I'm be tough enough, so I'm gonna spend like three seconds with his opponent and go hang out with Fernando for 30 yeah, minutes, much. like just as much airtime as I can get. <laughs>
1: On Fernando (laughs) yeah. there's no – he's not being partial at all. There's no
2: bias.
1: (laughs) So, for you, this is like a Bellator versus UFC to see who's better here. I mean, you come from Bellator. He comes from the UFC. I know a lot of people online are talking about that and wanting to see kind of who comes out on top. Who do you think has better fighters, Bellator or the UFC?
3: Uh, uh, To be honest, I I would say right now the UFC has more – stock of like uh, fighters that are are great fighters but there are the the ones that i know that if they if they actually matched up with the ufc guys we definitely get some wins in there um but for me I, I definitely feel I'm, I'm the better fighter. So <laughs> I'm gonna go oh, and prove it on my I March know 4th. you're the be- <laughs> I'm gonna
1: say, I know you're the better fighter, but we're not gonna let Bear say that, you know, he thinks you're gonna win because everyone he ever yeah. picks loses. So I need you to vote for the other guy. I'm just not voting. I'm <laughs>
3: in <harsh> yeah, just- <laughs> <laughs> I need yes. I need... <laughs> no,
2: it's a horrible streak I'll sit there in front of the TV and, and just pick, I'll pick someone randomly no stats and they're just going to lose it's almost a <laughs> guarantee it's, it's sad
1: Fernando's like go sit on the other side yeah.
3: <laughs> like, don't, don't come yeah. no. <laughs> here go cheer him, go in his corner <laughs>
2: <laughs> just, just, I'll, no I'll give him some solid advice when Fernando hits you I just want you to turtle up and stand still <laughs>
1: you're going to tell him to do what you do Oh.
2: <laughs> oh, I've had, okay. Oh. It's a little bit of hurt. That's not, not to say it didn't happen.
1: I've had some shit fights where
2: I didn't Words do it. Words hurt, you know. <laughs> yeah. I need to get into counseling now because of
1: you. Okay, so Fernando, we're going to go to break in yeah. just a second. We're going to go to our first commercial break. I'm going to ask you where can everyone find you on social media? From the get go, I want them to come find you.
3: So at all my social medias is at Menifee Maniac, and uh yeah, just hit that like button and follow me i got I'm posting new stuff every day and uh yeah, come follow me, and uh we're gonna we're gonna put some good stuff together soon.
1: I like that. Now, guys, we're doing a giveaway here on the radio show. We have a ride at Offroad Rentals in Palm Springs, California. We have a float at True Rest to in Las Vegas. And we have some uh, martial arts gear that we're going to be giving away. And I believe Bear's going to be giving away some on his social media. So I'm going to let you take your pick of prizes. I want you to write into us here, which is tomorrow. So I want you to write into us. I'm speaking to you from the past. Uh, write in on social media and tell me what your favorite fight is. That the Menifee Maniac had, that Fernando had, send me a clip, and whoever sends me the best clip wins.
2: I'd like to point out with the giveaways, uh, I guarantee you, Alexis set that up for the martial arts gear because I did not know about it until this very second on the radio show.
1: That's that's because I'm more important than you.
2: Oh, absolutely. I don't get any <laughs> of
1: the details. To-
2: I get told where to show up and what to wear. That's about the most information I get.
1: I know, and you get booty shorts. Fernando has uh, sponsor Styles Make Fights, and they're doing him some, like, custom nice long shorts. He doesn't have to wear booty shorts to impress.
2: That's true, I don't. You got (laughs) (laughs) to
3: You got to have a booty to to wear booty shorts. (laughs) I'm like a back with a crack, you know what I mean? Just long, nice long little crack down the middle, and that's it. They, they, I have to show off
2: with the cup. It has to look impressive.
1: You have to show off with the cup. Yeah. That is a lot of insecurity there.
2: It is. It's like guys who get lifted <laughs> their <out of> trucks.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> this is the MMA equivalent of a guy that needs to lift his truck.
2: Yes, exactly. Or when you put like, uh, you got like an old school mobile, an like mm-hmm. old mobile, but you put like 30 inch tires on it, or four, whatever the big size tires are. Don't look at me like that. I'm not a car person. I've just seen it. <laughs> I've just seen it growing up. Okay, I grew up in desert been... hot springs. It's not like the classiest place in the yeah. world. with <laughs> it.
1: It's like I'm. I'm just looking at so everything's Who just would... big.
3: Okay, everything's, everything's just, just big. big.
1: <laughs> all right, guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be chatting with the Menifee Maniac, talking about all things MMA. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the third best fighter on this show, I guess today. Nazo now. As of now.
2: As we today, yeah. Anyways.
1: <laughs> Bear Fiora and our very, very special guest, Fernando, the Menifee Maniac, Gonzalez. We'll be right back after this.
0: on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhaleen.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes.
1: Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, not really, not on this show, or not at all, because we are on with the Menifee Maniac, sorry, honey, Uh, Fernando Gonzalez, and of course, I'm Summer Helene. So during the break, there were a whole bunch of fun messages, but I will say the thing I'm most excited about is your upcoming fight, Fernando. It's on March 4th, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's correct. It's going to be in uh, Las Vegas at the Circa Casino. And, uh, you can, well, you'll be able to check it out at uh, UFC Fight Pass if uh, if you're not able to make it to the show. I like that. Absolutely.
2: So pay pay for it, everybody. Go and buy the, the passes now. Go and buy whatever online. Are they streaming this? On? Well, it has to be UFC Fight Pass. So then go buy your streaming service, whatever it takes. Don't illegally download or don't illegally stream these fights help 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 your guys out help your favorite competitors out that's yeah. a good support your, <laughs> support your local fighters
1: support your local fighters i like local that
2: fighters. Fight. it's beautiful hey, speaking of fights now you've been competing for god knows how long at this point i think what close to two decades if not longer
3: than that yeah close to two decades almost i uh, started when i was 19 and i'm 38 years old now so we're we're getting up there, but uh, experience is is huge in in this game right now.
2: Uh, yeah, it, is. it always is, in my opinion. The more experience you have, the better. But what made you join in the first place? How did you get into the world of combat sports? Oh, uh,
3: my mom. She actually uh, she put me in boxing when I was six years old, and I was competing since I'm six all the way till I got to. So I got to high school and I took the time off because um, I wanted to play football. So I did I did about four years of football. So pretty much all my life has been contact. And as soon as I was done, I, I had one year off of, of um, not competing, not doing anything, and I started getting that old that old feeling, that itch, and uh, I found a gym, and, and the rest is history. I've been I've been competing ever since. That's what's incredible. the fight
1: what is your favorite fight the best fight like not not necessarily the best fight but your favorite fight you've ever had
3: well my favorite fight um it would be against Marius Zaramskis. he was uh like so basically when when ufc was competing back then with with uh pride was like the main competitor against the ufc mm-hmm. um they eventually bought out pride and the ones that were running Pride came up with one called Dream. And so Dream was the one that followed after the Pride. And Mario Zaramskis was one of the guys that I used to watch fight, and he wanted—he was a tournament champion for Pride. So when I got to Bellator, uh, I fought the tournament champion for Bellator, got my win, and then I was getting ready for uh, my second fight with Bellator was against Justin Baseman. Three weeks prior to the fight, they're like, "Hey, like our main event or our main event got injured. Um, would you like to fill in to fight Carl Parisian?" And me and Carl had like a little beef. He didn't really remember me at all. He didn't care about me. I was I was a nobody back then. But uh, he slighted me at one of the shows. I, they, you know, I just gotten uh, done with my fight. The promoter called me over for King of the Cage. His name was uh, Terry Trouble cop. So he he calls me over. He's like, hey, Carl, this is uh, Fernando Gonzalez, one of my up-and-comers. He was sitting down, looked up at me, up and down, and just did that little, like, whatever. God damn. And I was just like, oh, my God, I wanted to crack him so hard. So, uh, But, you know, being a martial artist and a competitor, I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to get to you eventually. So I (laughs) saved it up. And I got to him in Bellator. So once they announced that fight on three weeks' notice, I was like, hell yeah, give me that fight. And I went in there, and I, I put an ass whipping on him. Um, I TKO'd him in the in the first round. Um, so yeah, that was like a great fight, but the one that I was like was a crazy fight because he was originally supposed to fight Mario Zoromskis. So now I got to fight Mario Zoromskis on my next one. And so that was like, one of the highlights of my career because me and that guy went to war. Um, the first round, I, I believe we broke the record for Bellator of as many punches thrown in a welterweight fight. I think we threw over 300 punches or something like that in that in the first round. And we just got after it. It was a, a very great fight back and forth. And um, I was able to come out with that victory. So Mario Zoromskis, if you guys ever look, you know, look up that fight or one of my fights, Fernando Gonzalez versus Mario Ramos because you guys will love it. It'll be it's, it's an entertaining fight for sure.
1: Okay, I'm definitely going to look that up. Yeah,
3: now I'm I'm very curious. I'm really
1: curious. I'm surprised you haven't seen him. You kind of online stalked a bunch of his fights.
2: Well,
3: yeah, that's okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, this dude, he even caught me with a, like a clean head kick. I trapped it, took him down. Punch them jump on a guillotine. It was it was crazy. It was back and forth the whole time. Pretty much the whole fight
1: it's, what you, is it the MMA fight broke into a WWE wrestling match?
3: Just grab some steel yeah. chairs and
2: smash it over the heads. Do you have I don't know? It's kind of an odd question, but do you have any fights that you might regret or maybe moments in the cage that you I every everyone has hindsight. It's always 2020 20, but any specific moments you think man I, I really could have done better
3: there. Um, I mean, yeah, just, just in a career that as long as mine that you're, you got to put food on the table, you know? So, um, sometimes you go into fights injured and those are the ones that I've always regretted because it's like, I didn't want to lose, but I needed to feed myself or feed my family. So anytime you have to go into a fight like that, um, you know, you wish you didn't do it, but at the same time. Uh you turn those L's into lessons, you know what I mean? You have to you have to learn from those and know that um you gotta do better and, and you know, even even today if I needed to i know I can grow or I can go out there and compete because I'm not injured, you know. <laughs> I know I can compete yeah. when I'm injured and I know I'm gonna do a lot better when I'm not. What is the hardest lesson you ever
1: learned as an MMA fighter?
3: Mm. Uh, I would, as an MMA fighter, I would say the hardest lesson is learning how to dial down uh, how hard you work or how hard you're going to go, you know, so it's not so much in the fight, you know, you can, you're going to go all out and do everything you can to win that fight, but in the room in preparation to get ready for that fight, uh, a lot of guys that I know that were amazing athletes, amazing fighters, um, they lost their career in the room, because they would just bang and bang and go as as hard as they could, pretty much like a fight inside of the room. And um, they, they, they they take they this what one.
1: was it the, the the Sean Strickland method of training, Going in and beat everyone.
3: Pretty much, yeah. I, a lot of guys are like that. A lot of guys are like that. But you know, they're they're they end they pretty much end their own careers inside of the room, and nobody ever got to see them compete. You know. So for me, seeing that, and um, you know, I kind of I was I had to go hard at some point too. You know, I trained with Dan Henderson and and Team Quest. We had a lot of killers in the room, especially in the in the early days. There were so many good guys, Um, but at one point, there was like probably five or six guys with blown out knees that weren't competing because of of the injuries that they had, and uh, it left me alone. So then I was like, all right, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, I don't want to go through that. And uh, I learned how to kind of dial it down and learn from other people's mistakes. And uh, it's helped me you know, actually get to where I'm at today, where I'm 38 years old and still competing.
1: I'm going to ask, you've traveled all over the world. What is yeah. the, the scariest moment you had?
3: Oh, so, um well, right now, uh, I would say the scariest one is Russia. Um, I went to Russia and everything was, uh, it was just crazy. It was just like Moscow was cool, but as soon as we hit like the deeper part of, you know, uh, where we had to go and compete, um, it was a lot. It was, it was a whole different experience. Um, it's just different rules. You know what I mean? So you have to learn by the rules, but there's always that pressure of like, Shit, I, I may not make it home if I mess up, you know. And you're so far away from home that um, it, it just it adds that extra pressure. That that um, I think that that right there was more. Um, the scarier part was that it wasn't just me. I brought my brother. I brought two of my good friends, and um, not only was I worried about my life, I was worried about theirs as well. So once you had that extra burden on. And all like you know, in my head I'm just saying like, damn, like I I shouldn't have came here, you know, I shouldn't have brought them here with me, but at that point is just play by the rules and, and get out there and, and do what we train for. Just compete and get your ass home as quick as
2: possible.
1: I can see that.
2: I think fighting in foreign countries always has a little bit of uh risk to it, a little bit of fear. I wonder how the guys fighting who've good on in Brazil, especially when they fight against uh a Brazilian kind of like the home player advantage when you're on the opposite side of that because they've yeah, gone pretty yeah. crazy over fights in the past too they've had riots right in the middle of the arena
1: didn't you guys have one yeah. here in america with like conor mcgregor and habib
2: i don't remember if that was here or if that is uh no that would have been yeah, was in, uh yeah that was in new york that was in New yeah because they didn't have fight but, that was prior to COVID.
3: But I would say a lot of people gave Connor shit about that, right? And and in that situation, everything after that, he went a little bit crazy with some of the stuff he said. But in that situation, me me being a fighter myself, and I have a lot of like Isaiah Alvarado is one of my closest friends. He's like my brother. Well, Artem Labov or Artem Labov or whatever, that's Connor's like brother. They grew up together. They are in the gym. They, they, you know, came up that way. I don't know if everybody saw it, but there's a video of before Connor threw the the you know the, the dolly through the window. Um, Khabib and like five of his guys uh, corner, cornered cornered um, Artem, and they're like, "Hey." You know you're Russian or something like that, and we're Russian, and you know you're basically backing this Irish dude, and you're talking shit about me, like because uh, um, Artem was saying that he would, uh, that Connor would win, so he's like keep your, you know, keep my name out of your mouth, and he slapped him, you know. So five dudes, like you, if you're as bad as you are, you don't need five dudes to be like around, you know. And sure enough, you know he slapped him. So Artem didn't do shit, and that that's what actually instigated the whole thing with the bus. Because then Connor found out he's already on his way to come see uh, Artem's fight, and they they came over with other dudes, and they're like, "Hey, you're gonna you're gonna surround my guy, slap him. So let's go." So in that remember- situation, they didn't show that part of of uh, Khabib doing that. But they did show uh, Connor. So on that situation, I was like if if I was in Connor's shoes, I probably would' have not thrown the dog, but I would have been just as pissed, and I definitely would have confronted him the same. Like,, hey, you're I gonna fuck with my guy. I'm gonna get you.
1: I think something that uh, a lot of people don't realize is the level of marketing that goes into these fighters. Habib oh. has very much a clean-cut golden boy image, and Conor McGregor' mm-hmm. the bad boy. So if they want to maintain, you dump it on the bad boy because, you know, the, the term is mud monster, which is it doesn't matter what you throw at him. It's not going to stick. He's already considered a bad boy. He's already considered a bad guy. So you can get away with, yeah. he can get away with doing that, but it would have tarnished Habib's image. So I think oh, that's okay, more of a marketing yeah. spin.
2: No, Absolutely. Yeah. I remember even hearing about that much later on. I wasn't even aware of what the instigated the whole bus problem to begin with until a few months past it actually happening. So hopefully that does shed yeah. a little bit more light for anyone who ever thought that uh, maybe Connor was a little too rowdy during those evening events. There, Yes, probably not the best idea to throw a dolly because you injured several other fighters in the midst of it. But there's, there's some righteous anger. There's a little bit of uh, justified...
1: Okay, you just happen to like Conor McGregor, so you give him a pass on pretty much anything. He,
2: he has a right to be pissed <laughs> off. I'm so, and yes, I do, but that's not the point. He has a right to be upset in that moment.
1: Okay, so... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> fair, fair enough I'll, I'll i'll disagree but now i know um we're going to jump back over to fernando's fight fernando they uh looks like dana white is going to be coming out to watch you to watch uh you fight do you feel that adds yeah. any other pressure
3: no hell no 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 uh actually i've been i've been dying to get in front of him and, and uh put on the show so i know that's that's my way in so if um if he's there, I'm I'm gonna definitely be a little bit more excited to to put on a better performance. I'm I'm always excited to put on a good show, but if he's there, it, it just it, it's gonna make it that much more greater to get that victory.
1: So it does not bode well for your competitor that there are so many eyes on this fight.
3: I don't think so. I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I think he's got a lot of a lot of pressure right now already as it is, and uh, you know, I don't think he's really. Um, I I think a a lot of it's going to be nerves getting to him on this one.
2: Oh, I can imagine. He's got his. You see, you have an opportunity walking in the door for you. That's that's your chance of getting it big. He has an ex boss who fired him walking in the door Mm -hmm. to judge him and see if there's anything left of what he can salvage. That's a huge different experience. A very big different experience for you two as fighters.
1: Yeah, Fernando's better anyway.
2: Oh, yeah, there's no gear. There's no doubt.
1: Don't I say don't that. Try not don't to say you it, but say I'm that. To to <laughs> you don't get to say, you sit
3: there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're on the couch, dude. I'm on the cot. On the cot. <laughs> yeah. On the cot.
1: On the cot. <laughs> Guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with the one, the only Metafi Maniac, my co-host Bear Fiora. I'm Summer Helene. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhaleen.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes.
1: G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We're on with my co host, the second baddest guy, I guess, maybe third. My title or fourth. sucks now. Okay, fine. The hairiest bear in the cage. Is All that right. better? Yes. You can be the hairiest guy in the cage. That's <laughs> how yeah, take, bear what I can get. <laughs> I'll take what You can get Bear Fiodor and the always badass Fernando the Menafi Maniac Gonzalez. We are talking about his upcoming fight on March Fourth in Las Vegas California you can watch him on sorry, UFC where? Fight Pass in Las Vegas Nevada yeah <laughs> I am on a lot of medication I have two broken feet I don't want to hear your nonsense <laughs> like uh... I have two broken legs if anyone asks I broke my leg at an MMA gym technically it was a pothole hey, in the parking lot fell in and I a fell over hole. I fell in a pothole yeah and and I broke I, I have two broken legs <laughs> so, so be happy that I knew it was Las Vegas yeah <laughs> <Like, laughs> Just be happy. Yeah, I mean, I'm but at least in the right uh, city. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, go see him in Idaho. <laughs> like, I got Las Vegas right. Just
2: pick a random Everyone
1: state. knows Las Vegas. I should have ended that statement in Las Vegas. Now, Fernando, you have a smoking hot mm-hmm. fiance. You have beautiful family. Um, You're you're fighting, you're you're living the life so many people wish they could. What advice do you have for up-and-coming fighters out there, for guys that want to be you?
3: Uh, Honestly, I would say find somebody that supports you in the same way that – so, like, for me, my wife loves to train. She's a like, into CrossFit, fitness, and I've always been into fighting and, and fitness and training. So it made it so much more easier that we're kinda into the same thing. And for me that's always worked out the best because, you know, I did have obviously girlfriends prior to <laughs> to my girl. And um when I would be in the gym, I'd you know, what are you doing? Uh you're at the gym again, you know, you start getting that and it it starts to create an issue and a problem. But if they're kinda into the same things with you and you guys can kind of grow together. And one of the things that helped me out so much with her in the beginning is, like, I was already training and fighting, and she was into fitness already. So I always told her, I was like, listen, um, don't tell me when to quit, and, and um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pretty much stop fighting when I, I feel I'm ready. But if, if you don't do that, then we're going to be good. And she was like, well, perfect, because I'm the same way. Don't tell me when to quit. I'll train and I do my thing, and and we've always kind of had that mutual understanding and respect for each other on that. And um, yeah, so it's just, it's been great, and you know we have our boy, and and uh, that's how she trapped me. <laughs> 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 um, you know, so she's my fiancé. Uh, we haven't gotten married yet, so you know that that's how I always say she trapped me. You know, we had the baby we we did it backwards we had our baby first but um you know once we get some good good amount of cash together we'll, i'll be putting the ring on it
1: I like that.
2: Yes. Being a, a family man has to put some level of stress on your fighting career. Apart from let's say making payments or paying for the bills or covering the roof over your guys' head, what is training <laughs> like having a family? Do you your, your, what are your responsibilities like? And how do you pick between
1: them? Well it's it's how do you choose your time? Like mm-hmm. it takes a lot of time to put into a fighting career. Um, how do you balance that?
3: Yeah. Oh, I got her a job at where I where I trained. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah originally she she used to be the front desk girl when um when I was already like in the beginning, um I got her a job there to make sure that like, look, you know where I'm at, you know, and obviously she's making money she's she's a hustler, she knows how to work and and uh so she's she's been grinding for years, but it wasn't until like a couple of years after that that she actually started becoming a coach. She got her level one certification for CrossFit and I was like, Look, you already know how to do this stuff. Just go in there and teach it. And um you know, the rest is kinda history. She started teaching and, and we're both at the same gym now still, you know, for probably about twelve years. You know, so it makes it a lot easier to obviously if they're working in the same in the same building, <laughs> you know. Um, but it it another great thing is too, is like um I'm I've never been like the kind of like the jealous type, and neither has she where you know she's doing her work, I'm doing my work, and a lot of people actually at first they didn't even know we were together um because you know we're not even we're not up each other's asses, like what are you doing you know like you, we just go to work, we do our thing and and you know all the love and the arguments we keep at home, you know so. It's been really great to. Her personality is just amazing, so it, it just we mesh really well. And um, like I told her, I was like, "Look, the longest relationship I had before you was six months. Like I've been with you seventeen years. You're not getting rid of me, <laughs> you know." So yeah, oh, it works okay. really good. Does-
1: is it hard for her when you fight? Does she does she worry when you get in the ring?
3: I was literally about to ask. You're that. gonna ask the yeah. same question? Uh, yeah. I think more now uh, over the years. It's gotten worse, I think, just with age. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I started off with my parents as well. They're the same way, but now more with her, I see the nerves. My son as well. Um, so it just not puts a burden on me, but it makes the uh, it makes me want to get ready more, so that way they know that I'm I'm fully confident and fully ready for the fight. So it kind of reduces their level of stress uh, of the the fights that are coming up. Because like I said before, there was there was fights that I had to go in there injured. Or, you know, we just had to put food on the table. So I had to take the fight and, and just go with the flow. And um, one of them was really bad. Uh, uh, you know, I was like kind of injured. But by the time the, you know, I already knew the um the fight would happen then my adrenaline would kick in and I wouldn't be feeling the injury. Um, so then that, that was kind of part of the camp. And then on the fight before, or right after weigh-in, we go to Whole Foods, we get something to eat and I'm like eating lamb the next day or from that night to the next day of the day of the fight, I could not hold anything down. I was, I probably crap like six times and uh, I just had to run. Puking. And, uh, but it was a really bad one. I went out there and I, and I, and I fought. And, uh, the dude was panting me. <laughs> it was crazy. It was like, it was like the worst thing that could have happened in the whole fight, you know? So I'm like, diarrhea, I'm puking. And then I didn't need anything just to make sure nothing was going to run out of me while I'm fighting. And this dude, like, headbutts me, starts to pant me. And, uh, <laughs> it was crazy. Jeez. But I remember the, sorry. I remember the hardest part of that was once they were announcing that he won, I'm looking straight at my son, and he's just bawling. Like, I could see his tears. They were so big. know, like, And after that, I was like, I'm never going to go into a fight unprepared. Never again. I'm injured or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'll have to at least be able to know that I can win that fight.
1: I get that. Kimberly cried when Jared lost.
2: Yeah, like historically, I, I, I think, it's, I think, I think I, it's, it's just the that that child uh, that looks easy. you're you are Superman, and so to see that yeah. even slightly, even slightly messed with is a, it's a terrifying experience for them.
1: I think the uh the, the yeah. worst of it though is so you ate bad lamb from Whole Foods, which you should have been able to trust. Uh, so they tried yeah. to murder you before your fight. Is all Whole Foods tried it to kill you? was all a big
3: conspiracy. You know they were actually. like
1: betting against him. That was yeah. the whole point. I honestly in-
3: thought it was a conspiracy. Really? Yeah. I'm talking to the dude I was, I was fighting in Sacramento, which is, like, Sacramento is actually a really awesome place. Like, they are diehard MMA fans because of Uriah Faber and that whole Team Alpha Male. Um, the dude yeah. I was fighting, his name was Dave Mitchell. He was had just went into Team Alpha Male. So when I'm at Whole Foods, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm fighting this dude. He's like, oh, yeah, I trained that Team Alpha male, the guy that was giving me the food. And so, I, I'm just kidding. Like, but I'm like, that dude, died. he poisoned me. He poisoned me. <laughs> uh, nah, you no, know, it, is, it is what it is. You know, I went out there, I fought, and, and it didn't go my way. It just said like that happens in fights. And But in my head, I was like, that dude poisoned me. <laughs> well, you know, across the board
2: with all your fights, even stepping into the cage... Uh, is a a terrifying experience in itself for most people, uh, let alone someone at your level, where you know the other guy can do equal amounts of damage to you and you have to be so on point or you risk serious injury. What is it like, if you had to explain, uh, what is it like to be in front of another person knowing that he or you is going to come out super bloodied and bruised or beaten?
3: Well, first, you know, but I'm... I'm religious in my in my own way. Um so before I go out even as I'm going into the ring I just pray to God and say I pray that obviously we're going to go in there and beat each other up but that we're both able to walk in and out of the in and out of the cage safely. Um so I always pray and, and you know cuz I don't want to kill the guy or anything but he is a competitor and my competitor and I have to go out there and do physical damage to him but not to the point where, you know, he doesn't get to see his family again or his family doesn't get to see him again. So that's one of the things that I always pray for as I'm, as I'm going in the cage is that we go in and we come out safe and whatever the results are, that we're good. Obviously I want to win. (laughs) I'm like praying for myself to get that victory and do everything I can to make sure I do. But, uh, I do, I do, uh, pray for us to both come in and out because obviously you need a competitors to be able to continue to do this game so um well, i, I you... always pray for both of us to come in and out There,
1: i think that's lovely you hear stories about people dying in the cage i mean that's that's an unfortunate yeah. an unfortunate risk is that something that's ever concerned you
3: Uh, yeah, definitely more so now um the the one in russia was uh, there was a competitor that fought, I think, a fight or two before me, and um, he he passed away. Um, uh, what I happens? went out, I fought, I came back, and the dude was getting stretched out in a seizure, He's a already. And um, you know they you know they're taking him to the hospital. They're trying to get to get him to the hospital and get him some help. And uh, before the next day after the fight and the event was over, uh, we found out that he had passed. So um, it definitely put my mindset in a whole different – put it put me in a whole different mindset, basically, because, um, you know, you don't go in there thinking that you're going to die. And uh, he was actually trying to set up a fight with me um, while we were in the hotel the day before the fight. He was like, hey, you're a good fighter. You're a good fighter. He's like, you, you, next. And I was like, hell yeah, you know, like, you're already putting food on my table. With, with I'm still fighting on this one, and you're already uh, trying to schedule another fight for me. Well, let's do it. You know, let's bet the money. Um, so he was a really nice guy, a cool guy. I didn't, you know, I only met him there at the, on the trip uh, for that, for that uh, fight. And, you know, tragically, uh, he had a rough fight, and he didn't get the medical attention that he needed right away. Or, or by the time basically by the time he actually got to the hospital he had already passed so um knowing that and going through that and seeing what can happen it definitely puts you in a whole different mindset and um, yeah so I, I prepare myself well for for that that style of fight you know someone that that's going as hard as that to the point where they could possibly kill me I prepared myself for that type of person and um you know it, it shows it'll show definitely in my in my fight going forward
2: i certainly believe so in regards to that fight and maybe any of experience you have where you saw someone receive severe injury do you think it's more on the fighter to stop themselves from getting hurt to a point where they risk their life or do you think it's more on the label to provide adequate medical care
1: yes like,
2: I, I think it's interesting. People uh, often was here's the thing. I've heard this argument on both sides. People think yes, the label right. should provide doctors, but there are a lot of like let's say regional fighters who would be like, well, yeah. I thought and there's no doctors there, and I just I had to make sure that I was ready for it. That was the bottom line. So that's stupid. Yeah. It is stupid, but
3: I want to know. I want to hear the opinion. Okay,
1: so ask the professional. My opinion. My
3: opinion on this would be, um, me as a cornerman, because I've cornered guys as well. If I see that you're injured, I'm stopping that fight. I don't care if you're pissed at me. I don't care. You can be pissed at me, but you'll be able to be pissed at me. You know what I mean? You, you'll yeah. be able to be able to switch corners. But as a fighter, I mean, look at, uh, who was it recently? Dominic Cruz, uh, when he fought Dillashaw, I think, or who was it? Sohudo, And he was like, look, you need a you Need to let me go, put me to let them let them put me to sleep. Let me, you know, I understand that mentality because I'm that same way. But if somebody like I know my friend, uh, Isaiah, my brother, they're gonna let me go as, as long as I can. But if they see that I'm physically hurt to the point where I, I should not continue, I know they'll do that for me. I might be upset. But I still will be living and breathing enough to be upset. So then, it, it, you know what I mean. It, especially after seeing somebody pass, like it's not really worth it. Especially, especially if you have if, if you don't have any kids or nothing. That's your only thing. I I get the mentality, but you know when you have family, there's there's still going to be people mourning you. You know, so you gotta you gotta kind of separate yourself from that and understand that. It's it's still a competition, and and you live to fight another day, and you're probably going to be a better fighter the next time around because of that. You're not you're not going to allow yourself to get put in that position again. So, so, like I said, losses are lessons, and and you have to take it as a lesson and not not put yourself to the point where you're going to die or not be able to compete ever again.
2: Makes sense. So really important to have a good corner team. People are going to keep an eye on you way out there and pull you out if necessary.
1: All of that being said, now that Mm -hmm. that we've got horribly depressing with (laughs) this, um, Fernando, what do you think the greatest fight of all time was and why?
3: Okay, Um, there's great fights, but I would say the one that was the closest match, and it would be a boxing fight, is Gotti Ward. Those three, those three fights that they put together, but the, the first one and the second one, those, those fights were amazing. They, they honestly showed, uh, what a fighter is. The heart of a fighter, the, the never quit. They continue to go. They continue to go. And, and I mean, I, I honestly think they kind of finished their careers together. Um, neither of, neither one of them was the same after the fight. Um, and my second favorite one, I would say is in a similar, similar style fashion is my mentor, uh, Dan Henderson and Shogun Hua. Okay. yeah, Those two fights, they, uh, they went out there and beat the living crap out of each other. And they pretty much, like, kind of finished their careers together. Dan was still able to pull off other shit and do some cool stuff. Um, you know, he, you know, Bob Bisping again for the belt, which mm-hmm. I think he won. <laughs> I think he won that fight, but he got robbed over in England. Um, But I think he kind of, I think those were the ones that really aged him the most. But those, between those two fights, are, those are probably my favorite fights.
1: They often say if you're going to fight somebody on their home turf, you have to have a decisive victory because it's always going to swing in the hometown boy's favor and it's always going to swing in the champion's favor. So if you want to beat a champion, it has to be decisive. If you want to beat the hometown boy, it's got to be decisive.
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) Now, we have about two minutes left to the show. Uh, I am Mm -hmm. going to ask... Who do you think this is going to be a really controversial one? do I know everyone's going to jump on Twitter. So go yell at him, not me. Follow the Menifee Maniac. I'm just saying, who do you think the greatest fighter of all time is?
3: Mm, the greatest, okay. Well, I'm trying to get there. <laughs> <laughs> so no, eventually the you, greatest, but. Yeah, the greatest, the greatest fighter. Um, oh, mm, hmm. I would say Julio Cesar Chavez is still my favorite, the greatest fighter I've, I've ever seen fight. Um, he he ended, he finished his own career, you know. Um, but before that, he get to ninety seven. I think like ninety seven wins without losing. You know, before he before he even lost, and before he even was sat down. You know, he, he the fight that he lost, he went ninety seven and zero or ninety and know something like that in the 90s and um, he didn't get knocked out he got dropped he got sat down on his butt finally for for the first time in his career after you know almost a hundred fights and um, and then to rebound he came back and beat the guy that beat him but uh, I would say that is the greatest fighter that has lived because he he's obviously put the numbers together but the level of comp- competition that he fought, he beat pretty much everybody that was that was great in his era, and um, I don't think anybody will ever match or get close to that number. I like
1: that. That's that's a really good answer. All right, guys, I want you all to go check out UFC Fight Pass. I want you to watch Fernando Gonzalez on Tough Enough. You're going to see him March 4th. I'm going to have some giveaways. So you tell me you watch this. I'll make you eligible for some of these giveaways. We're going to have some cool stuff to promote this fight. Make sure to go follow the Menifee Maniac on all platforms. Thank you for joining us on Behind the Scenes. I'm Summer Helene. Follow me at summerhelene.com uh, Summer Helene. You can follow. I, I'm like I have a summerhelene.com. You too, also have I'm, the
2: website, but just at yeah Summer at Helene, Summer Helene on, the,
1: on the media. And stuff. of course, you can follow TuneIn BTS. And Bear Fiorda, you can follow us all on social media. You're supposed to be doing it, Jared.
2: <laughs> you, you, you were talking. Yes, follow me at Bear Fiorda everywhere. It doesn't matter any social media platform you find. I'm there. I guarantee it. Or someone is impersonating me, in which case I wasn't fast enough. Follow they them it. too. Yeah, yeah they, them. they
1: they deserve that. But go follow the Manifiemaniac. Watch his upcoming fight. I'm Summer Helene. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you to my co-host Bear Fiorda and our very very special guest Fernando Gonzalez, the Manifiemaniac. This was behind the scenes. We'll see you next week. Good night.
0: Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.